This podcast is part of the Frederick Podcast Network. Learn more at listenfrederick.com. Welcome to season three of the Big Sci-Fi Podcast with Adina, Brian, Chris, and Steve. The biggest, most fun podcast in the galaxy. This is the Big Sci-Fi Podcast, season three. The universe that is science fiction always begins with a story. Many sci-fi films seem to have been based on short stories. Not all films, but some of the greats began as a short story by some of the greatest writers to ever sit behind a typewriter. The Sentinel by Arthur C. Clarke became 2001 A Space Odyssey. Who Goes There by John Campbell became The Thing from Another World. A Boy and His Dog by Harlan Ellison became the film of the same name. And if you've not seen any of these films, please put them down on your, as Adina would say, your homework for this podcast. I have a book. They came from outer space. I am showing it to my podcasters right here, which I got in 1980 in the Sci-Fi Book Club. That contains short stories that and others as well that became so many great films. And each of the stories in this book became some of the greatest sci-fi films ever made. Today, we are discussing the film that grew out of a short st- story, Farewell to the Master by Harry Bates. This short story, as the AFI stated nineteen, excuse me, in 2008, as being the fifth greatest sci-fi film of all time, became the eighth, the day the Earth stood still. Not the remake from 2008, the original from 1951, directed by the great Robert Wise. He made a number of other great films like oh run silent run deep west side story the andromeda strain and the other little known film that we kind of like called star trek the motion picture and if you're wondering number one from the afi list was 2001 a space odyssey number two star wars a new hope there you go so let's talk about the day the earth stood still and to do so we turn to the members of the sci-fi, the big sci-fi podcast discuss what they thought of this film. If they did see the 2008 version with Keanu Reeves, they can offer their thoughts on it as well. But let's concentrate on the 1951 film. So in order of alphabetical, let's just quickly say hello from the members hey, of the big podcast. There you go. Got Athena <laughs> there. Good how, how did you say we're supposed to say Hello. <laughs> How, you went like, hello. Hello. This is Brian. <laughs> and all the way from beautiful Toronto, Canada, as we say in California, Canada. Do you really say it that way? Uh, no. Well, we we have we have a city here called La Canada, and it's spelled, or if you read it just straight, it's La Canada. But La uh, Canada. Yeah, but it's but you don't say it La Canada. You say La Canada. You know, it's a little touch to it anyway guys i'm gonna give my hello sir please do it. this is this is this is damar from ds9 i love to do hello okay he sees way okay. for the first time after oh. way was killed by Worf, and he's like oh. like oh he's here again go talk to Worf. Yeah. <laughs> what a surprise <laughs> so Any- we are going to talk <laughs> about <laughs> hold on hold All on right. I'm gonna do it again. I'm gonna do my go hello ahead. Go ahead. Take again. take two, Brian. Go ahead. Hello from Ohio. Go. All right. Are we gonna okay. be? Are we getting serious or what here? Yes. I hope. Yeah, I hope. I'm so. ready to talk about the movie. Okay. Please, so please. I'm gonna start off with the simplest question I could ever ask you. What is your over overall opinion of this movie? Anyone? I I enjoyed it. I liked it. I thought the moral was interesting. It's a mm-hmm. little harsh, but I overall enjoyed the movie. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things I, I think about when I watch the really old science fiction movies, like how how watchable is it today? And what I recommend people to to watch it today. And this one, you know, and I know some movies I've said in the past, like, eh, I don't think they're terribly watchable. This one is. So I, I would say, so, yeah, yeah if, if you haven't seen the original 1951 movie, this is one you can actually sit and watch today and still be enjoyable today. Mm-hmm. I agree 100 percent. And the reason is because they didn't overdo the special effects. Mm-hmm. They didn't try to go crazy with the flying saucer and even the ray gun out of, or the ray beam out of the guy's eyes, you know, um, friend so Gort. Gort. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I, yeah, I think it's a well-acted film. Uh, 
you know, it's definitely a film of the time. Yeah, it's dated. There is some datedness. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) But I think that there's a lot of things that still might be true about our society. And I think it's astounding. What what really impressed me the most about the film is is its watchability today, because it's been years since I've seen this, probably since I was a kid that I've seen this film. Mm -hmm. Um, But is that the approach they took about society at that time is remarkable i think that they kind of went that hard at how screwed up things were how there was a lack of peace and a road to destruction and i think it's it probably i don't i, don't, I guess i don't know well, how it was received as far as that goes back in the day but yeah i feel like the science you know some of the things that i've read like from robert Heinlein's biography and they're talking mm-hmm. about that time and, and the science fiction community, the the writers and producers of science fiction were very much in a anti-nuclear weapon thing. Mm-hmm. And, it, and they, they deliberately wrote science fiction to kind of warn people. And, and I think all through the 60s too, just there's always a lot of science fiction to warn people, to warn people. And what I, what I find funny is, you know, especially I feel like in the last couple of years, there's a lot of criticism that hollywood is very you know left-leaning mm-hmm. i feel like it's like and and then there are those people who are like you know it mm-hmm. it kind of always has been and here's your proof that it always <laughs> has been it's always been kind of you know more on more on this this side of the fence what's what's interesting is that again this is 1951 the red menace mm-hmm. fear of a nuclear attack by the Russians. Uh, we hadn't even been frightened by Sputnik yet. That's not what didn't happen for another six years. Mm-hmm. But to be able to bring forward and to say, not only is your threat to your own selves, but you now become a threat to outlining other species and others and i mean there was one note in the um when you're watching on prime video you get some notes and it said you know where klatu says he came 250 million miles and for that you go okay what planet in our own solar system yeah, was that it's not from? too far away so it makes the note that maybe they should have said he came from 250 million 250 million you know like some outrageously well, long distance no no see i'm, I'm okay given 1951 mm-hmm. so 1951 was before we had launched any space probes mm-hmm. beyond earth's orbit we had no idea like there was wow, so much remarkable. we did not know about mars about venus about the moon we didn't know in 1951 if humans could stand on the surface of the moon you know, it could have been a little layer of dust or it could have been several feet of dust. So there was so much we didn't know. I'm OK with in 1951, mm-hmm. considering maybe, you know, like that whole maybe they're from another planet in the solar system. And and they're vague. He says that number. But beyond mm-hmm. that, he's very vague. He doesn't name a yes. planet or where whatever. So and I'm OK with it. That's good. I think it's good. And that's one of the reasons why this can still hold up a little bit is the fact that he didn't say I'm from Mars, which today then are like, okay, we know you're not from Mars, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, he just said he's from, you know, like, and while that that distance is obviously in our solar system, maybe it's an outpost he's from in our solar. Like, mm-hmm. again, we don't know. No, that's good. That helps the movie hold up. And And really, for people in 1951 to consider distances from the Earth to the moon quarter of a million miles away mm-hmm. 250 million seems like it could be the next star at mm-hmm. that point when you're seeing the movie so it just they just used as grandiose a number as they could yeah. just to give an idea that you know this guy isn't from from just around the corner he's from someplace else and as far as you said brian about the special effects i agree with you they were minimal but they made a difference in some of the composite shots that they did of the baseball field and in at washington dc and then putting this you know composite shot of putting the spacecraft landing really very well done for that type of era of what they were getting away with special effects and then even the scope and size of the spacecraft the mock-up that they had on the ground it just seemed it seemed real you know it just seemed it seemed like it was plausibly possible that this could have happened the only thing that irritated me about the saucer landing 
was that it didn't land perfectly between all those baseball diamonds right in the center. It bugged me to watch that thing. <laughs> it's along the first base and third base line of the two field. I just, that was so ir- irritating. Like, ah, oh, just, ugh. Actually, Lisa landed on a baseball field. That was because like, Lisa right, was playing right. as well. So, so we well, see, kinda, yeah. I, th- I thought they were saying that it landed on the mall in D.C. Well, and the baseball, baseball field stadium. right off the mall. Yeah. I don't remember. Like, well, last time I was yeah. there, I don't remember there being. It's well, been a while since I guess I've been there. When I was but... there in 2009. Yes, there, there has was to a be an a- Yeah, there has to be an aerial aerial map somewhere that we can. Oh, there are. My old satellite took pictures see, of it. See if there's oh. a, still a baseball diamond or a set of four baseball diamonds. I, I like how you said my. No, it's oh, both. Yeah. So mine. Mine. I used to mine. work for a company called GOI and, and I was part of GOI one. I was a command and control segment lead and that wow. was an earth imaging satellite. And uh, about a month after I left is when Obama's uh, inauguration happened. And that satellite took pictures of the mall during his inauguration. And those oh, were wow, pretty really well, well distributed yeah, cool. pictures at the time. So mm-hmm. yeah. So I, yes, that, that was, you know, there's a lot of satellites up there, but there are a few that I will say, you know, were quote unquote yeah. mine. My <laughs> baby. My we my get baby. it, Adina. You're awesome. You send things <laughs> <Yeah>. to space. <sighs> we, we, we just take pictures of our kids. Okay. I, right, right. What you yeah. do as well, Adina, as well. <laughs> so, um, so we actually, again, we brought up another point. So what did we think about the way Klaatu brought his point across? Not only, the warning he gave, but where the basis of the name of the film came from, his idea of how he put the fear of what could happen and how he chose a particular energy force to to subdue it for that. Yeah, that that was curious. Like at one point I was like, okay, what about hospitals? And so I'm glad that he said they specifically said, Oh, hospitals and planes are still are still operational. But mm-hmm. I'm still thinking, mm-hmm. like I get what they were trying to do, but I'm like, there must be something else that if turned off, there could be serious problems. Like I feel like if you're on a highway and you suddenly stop, I feel like yeah. that's gonna cause okay. a lot of oh. to today, nineteen fifty one, there are no electronics in your car might not have even been a radio so today yeah, but, the, but the, all the cars stalled but they did or they could no have. they wouldn't they no, wouldn't they run did. it they did, they not did. Run everything it. stopped they did except say, for if yeah if you watch if if you listen to the news broadcaster they plugged it that said that he did not airplanes were allowed to land right they airplanes things, were fine there and was hospitals something else. ran hospitals were, the, were yeah. still yeah but no, the just, cars stopped. Yeah, the cars were okay, yeah. disabled. Some. But so, I mean, if, what are highways like in 1951? Because I feel like if you're on a highway, you're cruising down, and then all of a sudden, cars stop. That's going to. But cause if everything a lot of problems. stops, but if yeah. everything stops, it's not one car stop. If they all stop, they all stop so at the same. All, and there's no. Problems. They all would have. Yep. Yeah. They all would have stopped in like, the same. Mm-hmm. Like I go down. I I found myself going down the same rabbit hole that I did when um, in Endgame with the snap it's like okay what happened to everything else and then where people are coming back like the whole thing like oh what if someone merges back in a plane that's no longer there or whatever but mm-hmm. so i found myself going down that rabbit hole so i like the idea i'm glad they specified that the hospitals and planes were allowed to land all that stuff but i still think okay that could have been very problematic right yeah i loved how i loved his relationship with the boy mm-hmm and I loved the whole professor bit. Mm-hmm. And cool. um, oh, oh just, Sam Jaffe. Yeah. yeah he, I just, he, I go ahead. He, you know, he, he, he looked the scientists with the hair up and, you yeah, know, yeah. He, 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 <laughs> not the mad scientists, but the, and again, coming off as more fatherly or grandfatherly, the way he spoke to him, you know? Yeah. I just, I loved that, that, he, you know, the, he pulls out that weird doohickey at the beginning and it opens up and then the one guy with the handgun in the tank loses his ever-loving mind mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, shoots and the guys <laughs> in front down on the ground are like, what, what, you know? Um, and that whole thing was uh, quite entertaining and interesting. But that, that, you know, again, everything they did was not in, you know, Gort 
di- made the weapons disappear. He didn't attack the people. Mm-hmm. You know, everything was about peace and trying to get that message across, not trying to hurt anybody. Mm-hmm. And then learning about the culture too, walking around town and mm-hmm. learning about the culture uh, was interesting. Yeah. It was I, interesting the changes they made regarding all of that with the the newer movie. Yes, that they you know that so Gort the the newer version of Gort. I mean, again, it was still in response to being attacked first, but Gort did kill some people. You know, kill a few mm-hmm. people. And what was really interesting was that the, you know, Clatu's uh, character, so that was Keanu Reeves. So he went and saw someone who had been on the planet for a while. I thought that was really kind of cool that they've like, you mm-hmm. know, got people among us um, kind of studying us. That's terrifying. No, it's not terrifying. But I don't, I don't find it terrifying. No more terrifying <laughs> than being told like, like I get what he's trying to do. I get that. But like, just to say, if you have, okay, Anybody, there's any fight, this robot's going to kill you, no matter what, regardless yeah. of the situation. Mm-hmm. It's terrifying. That that can be terrifying because, you know, again, that whole, I can control possibly me, but yeah. there's a lot of other people. What was Which, really interesting, I love that whole concept, that whole theme of, you know, some other species comes and visits a planet and says, yep, basically, there's a whole bunch of us out here and we're waiting for y'all to get your stuff together. Mm-hmm. So come join. And, like, and that's been done in so many mm-hmm. places. Right. Like they're, they're, that's actually been done in a bunch of places. But then what I found including interesting is Trek. Right. But mm-hmm. including Trek from like the flip side where the Federation is the one telling other people, you got to get your stuff together. And mm-hmm. I think one of my favorite episodes of that is Next Generation Attached. So when that's the one where there's there there's a planet and like 75% of the planet wants to join the Federation and then the other 25% just wants to be left alone and isn't. And Picard makes oh. a statement is like, you know, we've never accepted a planet into the Federation that didn't get all joined as one planet. And he was like, you know, like, I, I don't think this is a great idea, um, which is that's such a great episode for so many reasons, including that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, right. I forgot about like I always remember the okay, but Crusher and Picard read each other's thoughts, but I always forget about the other yeah. like what's actually going on in right. that. Yeah. It's cool. And you know, they 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 did sprinkle in, you know, stereotypical characters. The sure. the guy who plays uh uh Tom Stevens, uh Hugh Malone, who's the the boyfriend, so to be boyfriend, and <laughs> and you know, and he becomes the guy who's gonna I'm gonna squeal on you. I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. squeal on you. And you're gonna love me because I'm a big hero. Because I'm that's gonna be right, the big right, hero. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah, that's like, the level of fame. I'm yeah. gonna be in the paper. Yeah. Yes. And I like that, you know, it was clear. And she was like, Yeah, no, no. I'm not into you anymore. Mm-hmm. Nope. Sorry, bud. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is a deal, that's a deal breaker. And I don't think you see it, but it is a mm-hmm. deal breaker. Mm-hmm. Here's your ring you back. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and 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 you said even the you know, there's a the whole sequence where the young boy and Klaatu walk the town, and he shows them all the things. And when he comes to the Lincoln Memorial, yeah, and he yeah. reads the words, and he realizes, okay, you, there there are better people on this planet, or there were better people that attended, you know, ascended to even mm-hmm. more greatness. This is what I'm looking for. This is what I want. And so that's why when he says, "Oh, go see Doctor Barnard," he's like the smartest guy in the in the area. How they were able to pull off at the end of the film a meeting of such size when right. the city was basically <laughs> locked down. That was a little like, no, that doesn't really quite work. They've but got, that's okay. They got soldiers all around this thing, or two at least. <laughs> yes, two I know. guarding two it, you know. And at first it's the whole army, you know. Mm-hmm. And then he sneaks up and there's two guys that 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 Gort's gotta take care of for him. And then all of a sudden all these scientists are allowed to neatly place wooden folding chairs everywhere. Yeah. And, you know, there's this huge yeah. gathering around this thing. Yeah, it's yeah. silly. That, that but, might have know. been the weakest part of the film in so weird. In, 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 in going forth. But that was okay because they wanted just to stage this big moment where then Klaatu could say his words at the end saying, hey, you know, if you want to blow yourselves up, that's fine with us. But if you reach out to, if you develop, and at that time, we really hadn't thought about ICBMs, the ability to Mm. launch rockets that could go carry warheads into the upper atmosphere or even possibly out of the atmosphere. 
and you would threaten other countries or excuse me you're threatening other planets by this type of activity so yeah i mean they wanted to stage that big moment and that it does work it does work if you again suspend did, a little belief there yeah you know? did we ever see the president i don't, I don't believe so. we ever no. we saw the no. secretary we saw plenty of generals Mm -hmm. um but i thought that was interesting that we never once saw the president yeah, represented we, here and we didn't in the new movie either in the newer version either oh, fascinating. Wow. yeah so they basically very early on they declared that the president and vice president were you know shuffled off to a safe location and then so kathy bates played the role of the secretary i think the secretary of defense oh, okay. And, okay and she was the main you know head government you know person um mm -hmm. Which yeah, is works, right. which is actually smart because you don't pin down a specific president to a specific, which, mm -hmm. you know, it, yeah. you could, it yeah. could have been any year in any mm -hmm. administration. It could have been. You're right. Yeah. Except yeah. there's one line, I think, where they're all sitting around the, the dinner table, the, the breakfast table, the, the members of the um, who are living at the boarding house. They go, Democrats, you know. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> That's in about AFB, the only political state. How I, this is the youngest I've ever seen Aunt B. Yes. Yeah, I I'm a huge Andy Griffith fan. Grew up watching mm -hmm. the reruns of that every day. It's that show is still hilarious. I still laugh mm -hmm. hysterically if I ever catch it. But Aunt B is in this film. Yeah. And she's one of those it's the Democrats. Uh, yes. people you know <laughs> yeah so it was really weird is just yeah seeing a movie this old so i i didn't i've never really watched the andy griffith show so i don't really yeah, know i don't really know that but oh. what's so what i'm i'm watching is like i'm seeing all these actors and stuff and i so i was going on imdb to like you know what else have these people been in and everything and so it's just so it is a little just i don't know what the right word is but it's like weird to see like this whole like generation of Act, like this was basically a generation of actors and actresses I am not really aware mm -hmm. of and don't yeah. know. And I mean, they were in some big, you know, these were fairly, I guess, big name people at the time. Mm -hmm. And I'm just well, like, I have no idea who these people are. <laughs> it's like well, a whole different generation. Patricia Neal, who mm -hmm. played Helen, went on to being in a number of really yeah. great films that she was in uh, and be, was really an acclaimed, you know, dramatic actress. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hugh Marlowe, he or uh, you know Marlowe, he played in a lot of B movies, a lot of B science fiction movies, including one of the greats, Earth versus the Flying Saucers. If you haven't seen that one, kids, <laughs> oh, you gotta see it. It's it is hilarious and actually very good special effects, but still quite hilarious. And uh, Sam Jaffe acclaimed actor. I think he's uh, the only one I recognized yeah, without looking he, up. I don't know in, how I recognize I, him, but well, yeah, <laughs> in the '60s, he he always played kindly doctors in mm -hmm. different TV shows and things like that. And Michael Rene was Rene was an acclaimed British actor who played Clatu. Uh, so you know, you really had top-notch actors in this film, and you had a top-notch director in the way in the location, huh? like like all the like okay. Those all those jeeps and tanks driving through and police cars driving through DC like that that was not computer generated. No, they had that to was actually well... shoot that stuff. They had to actually block off traffic and you know shoot that stuff in DC. So or even all the scene where all the cars are disabled. You've got cars parked yeah. in the streets of Washington DC to shoot this scene. I mean that's you know logistically for that time that's. Pretty if they, good. You know, I, w I wonder, though, how many and this is kind of a side note banter here, but uh, or tangent. But, mm -hmm. you know, I wonder how many of those scenes with the cars parked and people standing outside were actually filmed in D.C. Or perhaps maybe there were uh, there was another city that had maybe a few similar buildings mm -hmm. for some of the shots, you know, mm -hmm. where they could get away with longer takes and what have you. But it's fascinating to see this movie compared with movies now where you know it's all green screen and yeah. you know so they're they're filming a lot of x-men and marvel films in cleveland mm -hmm. you know so it, that you know they add in the bigger skyscrapers and make the town look bigger so 
Yeah. Yes. So absolutely. according to Wikipedia, it says that principal outdoor photography was shot on the 20th Century Fox soundstage and on its studio backlot, now located in Century City, California, with a second unit shooting background and other scenes in Washington, D.C. and at Fort Meade in Maryland. Okay. So that's how so the shooting schedule was from April. Blah. The primary actors never traveled to D.C. to make the film. Be darned. So all the but, again, all the yeah. all the street shots, the as they're walking the streets or whatever. Again, that was Hollywood backlot mm-hmm. material. But it did worked it look, really well. It looked uh, really it, well. Did it look authentic? Because I've never actually been to DC. Yeah. So it, oh, yeah. No, it, cool. it, it did. It did. Yeah, they had I, a I, lot of great B B roll types footage of mm-hmm. of DC, and mm-hmm. I thought they. Sh- I thought some of the photography was beautiful of of the city and some of the monuments. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's 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 all again, you know, you look at this and you go again, it's 1951. And considering the quality of films that were coming out, this this was like the first there was a prior one called Destination Moon that came out in 1950. But still, you had astronauts in rubber suits and things like that. This still kind of moved the storyline to a more adult level rather than just being you know monster of the week i love that steve because i think that's what trek does a lot it's not just about the special like this film it is not special effects heavy even though there's Mm -hmm. a flying saucer it is about the characters and the story story. and the moral of the story and the point that was being driven home and of course we know that's what great science fiction does absolutely Um, it's more about the story than it is the setting Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just this of course this is an all time classic mm-hmm. science fiction film all time classic film period honestly mm-hmm. um, but I just I love that about it that it wasn't over the top with the special effects and I and yeah. I wonder I wonder that had to be a a conscious decision by the writers the directors the producers to say hey let's we want to make sure because the story is such a this way make sure we don't bog this down with a bunch of silly monster of the week type mm-hmm. style of aliens and all that stuff. Yeah. You know, and, and you're funny. Uh, I look at Gort and I think more of the old character of the golem from Jewish history, where it's just a creature made from clay that comes to life and he, you know, protects the, the 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 poor the unfair uh, mm. mistreated people and mm-hmm. Gort came across as this giant creature. He didn't look like a robot. He wasn't you know like a Robbie the robot or even mm. you know from Lost in Space. Mm. He looked more you know in a rubber suit, but it came off as very menacing. Mm-hmm. And the guy who played him was like seven feet tall, so he already was quite impressive to begin with and made the character even more menacing which is exactly what you wanted you wanted to have something like that and when Klaatu says at the end that we have built these robots they enforce the law they do it autonomously you know and that's another storyline you get to worry about was do you really put your your lives you know your your society in the hands of an automaton a robot that will enforce the laws and things of that nature. So that was kind of interesting as well. Um, Brian, this is is probably in your wheelhouse. What did you think of the soundtrack to this film? I'm glad you asked that question. (laughs) Of course I have to. (laughs) uh, The opening credits were fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I was way impressed and I'm like, whoa, this is really good stuff. Um, the movie was not music heavy though. It didn't seem like, like it was mm-hmm. filled all the way with music. So, yeah. uh, the opening credits were fantastic. There were a few parts where I went, Ooh, I really like that. It had its moments where it's, you know, kind of sounded like cheesy sci-fi in the fifties, mm-hmm. but overall impressed. Yeah. I, I thought it sounded like there's a, at least one time during the movie that I'm like, this sounds like Star Trek. Like original series Star Trek, like mm-hmm. in the yeah, middle were... of the, you know, like the background music that happens during mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Felt like it had yeah. that kind of a sound. Like, um, trying to think of the scene, like, I felt like, I'm trying to remember now, 
But I thought there was a scene with the so when the two guards walk up and they get vaporized, mm-hmm. I felt like there was like some Star Trek music there. But I mm-hmm. could be wrong about that scene. But I do remember hearing hints of like, okay, here's an action moment mm-hmm. that now Kirk is reacting to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and to me, it's like you know this was the beginning of using this device called the theremin, an electronic music producing ah, right. device, which was also used. Oh, exclusively in the film Forbidden Planet. Right. The whole That's soundtrack just... of that was done using this electronic device. So you had traditional, like there would be scenes where action would be happening. You just hear a piano playing in the background, just the keys of a piano, very simple. And then you have this, you know, more science fiction theremin device using it too. So it, it balanced, you know, it, it there was a good balance, I think, in the music that always impressed me when I when I always loved it. And I thought there's and it's Bernard Herman, so the man right. knows his way around that, music. Adina, does that give you uh, Sheldon vibes? There's the one episode where he when, plays a theremin. When he, when he hit, well, again, when I think of a theremin, I knew about it before I ever saw it on the Big Bang mm-hmm. Theory. So, no, I still think when I hear theremin, my brain goes to the you know the theme of Star Trek. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. right, that makes more sense. <laughs> and it's interesting. We went one time to the Hollywood Bowl, Elaine and I, and they had a night of science fiction music and they actually brought out a theremin to reproduce the music from this the from this film which was really neat wow cool yeah um so uh going on to other points um which we kind of discussed before we went on the air what other films or tv shows have you seen this used as a prop or as as a storyline um we should let Chris go first. It's a ton. Okay. So the first, the two that come to mind. So with the line, um, we built a giant race. What's the line? We built a giant race of robots or a race mm-hmm. of giant robots. Yep. I think I'm pretty sure that's the exact scene in Independence Day where the TV gets cut out. And she's mm-hmm. like, yeah, there's something wrong with the TV again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, uh, Strange New Worlds, where we see that Pike is really into that movie and to get chastised for watching it every day or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is amusing. <laughs> and and that... in Star Trek Enterprise, the co-gender episode, when uh, Trip wants to show the co-gender some movies to get an idea of what their that person's situation is, the one he recommends is The Day mm-hmm. the Earth Stood Still. So, yeah. yeah. By the way, everybody, Steve Merkin wrote a really exceptional article for TrekSphere.com over that episode. Uh, so you should check that out, TrekSphere.com. Just type in the cogenitor. It'll pop up, and you'll be able to read that article. So, Oh, thank you. Thank and you I loved love. seeing this film on the first episode of Strange New Worlds. Mm-hmm. What a great connection. What a great way mm-hmm. to kind of humanize Pike right away, you know, Um and a film that is about peace and the earth coming together on Star Trek. And that's part mm-hmm. of who Pike, what Pike draw, you know, is a part of his makeup. Like fantastic. It was beautiful. Yeah, it is. It, 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 that's the, I guess that is the effect that this movie has touched so many people, writers, directors, filmmakers, TV makers, what shows makers, whatever, that they figure it is the perfect example of whatever storyline they're trying to bring across or trying to bring into it and that's just it just shows the longevity of this film you know it's it's yeah. it's 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 had legs and to be awarded you know be given the number five in the list of the best all-time science fiction films you know what were the other four pretty... do you have that list in front yeah, of you um, saying it was what, yeah 2001? i had yeah, so you had uh, number one was 2001. Number two was Star Wars A New Hope. Number three was E.T. <laughs> number four was Clockwork Orange. Wow. Ooh, I'm not going to touch that one. What? Yeah. That was disturbing. You, you... <laughs> number five is this film. Number six is Blade Runner, a movie okay. we talked about already. Yeah. Number seven is Alien. Number eight is Terminator 2. Number nine is Invasion of the Body Snatchers from 1956. The original one. Yep. And number 10 is Back to the Future. Okay. So this was a just a list of what they ranked, the American Film Institute ranked as the top science fiction movies. Yes. Of yes. all time so actually, at that point. At that point. Right. 
in 2000. I don't know if had, I agree with that list. That list mm. is jacked up. I, I mean, I, we got to debate. We got. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So for, we're going to save this for another podcast. I think that's another. We're going to save this for another. We have a lot of thoughts. I'm going mean, to have to push this that. back and get back to a happy place because that list infuriates me. <laughs> I'm abs- I'm going to have to whew, take a chill pill <laughs> okay. here. Drink some of my breathe bold. Ginger ale here. Oh yeah, old ginger ale. Ooh, I like that. I want to try yeah. that. So, is it like Verner's in terms of intensity? Verner, Verner. Oh yeah, it's and it's actually called. It's actually bold. It says bold. So there's oh, extra okay. ginger in there. So we're talking hey. about ginger ale on the Big Sci-Fi Podcast. Oh yeah, I love it. Our, so, our new sponsor, Vernon. Vernon's, please, Vernon's. <laughs> yes, Send please. If you're listening, <laughs> I love Windsor, Ontario, <laughs> Detroit. <laughs> I'm thing sorry. Is, Go ahead, as as good of a movie as this is, and I, and I again, I started out by saying I like the movie a lot. I think it's mm-hmm. watchable. I think people should watch it. I don't. It doesn't end to me in a happy place. It ends in a very we've just been threatened. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. by an alien, a more powerful alien species. We basically we we. It's not like so. Contact. Let, let's the, the film Contact, and there are a lot of similar oh, themes out there okay. where there is an alien. <clears throat> consortium and alien federation and alien stuff where they're like yep guess what we're here waiting for you to get your blup together so in contact they're like we're here waiting for you to get your blup together but it ends more of an a we're not threatening you we're just letting you know we're here you guys have to you know if you want to come join us you guys have to whatever but there's no threat there's no threat mm-hmm. here there's a threat oh and, yeah and, and, and in the and so that's that's not a to me that's not in any way shape or form a a happy ending. Yeah, that's kind of my <laughs> issue. Not my issue, but it's just like it's all about peace, and I get it. Uh-huh. But this idea that hey, if you, we might destroy you first if we don't think you progress enough. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like yeah. that's that's hardcore. Like even the Federation's uh-huh. like, hey, we're not gonna. Well, we're one, not doing we're not anything, gonna, right? Right. We're no, not gonna you, mess you, with you until we think you're ready. And if you don't think yeah. you're ready, yeah. we're gonna leave you be. Even that's though, when, of course they do. Right. That that's uh, when 1951 comes into place. There's right. still some of this in the culture and even in the yeah. science fiction but, writing. Okay, like, skip ahead to 2008. Okay, in the mm-hmm. remake of the movie, the remake of the movie is the same thing. They're just saying that you're you're killing your planet, you're killing your, yeah. your the climate. Yeah, it's a it's a different version of it, but it's still the same thing. And actually, mm-hmm. the threat is even more like, look, we're about to just completely destroy your planet. You know, like if you don't get it together, um, yeah. save and the planet. Have, but if you don't, we'll kill we'll it. Destroy you. Yeah. Well, we're, we're going to destroy all the humans on the planet. We're going to destroy all the humans on the planet. And you know, this comes up. I mean, there's several. There are actually several science fiction novels and stories that do the same thing. Like um, Childhood's End mm-hmm. by Arthur C. Clarke was the same thing. It's like, hey, we're going to send some overlords to like protect you know to like basically mm-hmm. help you. Otherwise, you guys are going to you know. You guys have to evolve or you're going to be destroyed. Is this the um, one where they feel pain? What's the one where the aliens come and everybody feels the pain that they're inflicting on others? I thought that was maybe uh, not. Not. I don't we think it's, it's it been up. a long time since I've read it, but I don't think it was that. I don't think it was that. But there's, you know, I feel like there's been a several. There, there've been several novels and stories that, that are same thing, you know, sim- similar, yeah. similar thing, just done a little bit differently. Um, well, there's, there were a number of films that came out during the 50s and early 60s that didn't have happy endings mm-hmm. on the beach. No happy ending. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen a film called The Bedford Incident about uh, the uh, mm-hmm. standoff between a Russian submarine and an American destroyer. In the end, everybody dies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this heavy handed, I guess, really is, you know, almost like the anti. The anti-hero characters and stuff yeah. where you just have a a heavy ending that leaves you going, wow, yeah. okay. Yeah. I, just, I'm out of the I guess I'm saying is like, I don't feel like that's a sign of the time. I feel like that that's still, it's kind of always been an ongoing thing where there's always a handful of movies that don't end happily. Like um yeah. the uh, Don't Look Up from last year. Yeah. Absolutely. Talk about a not happy <laughs> No. But no, I don't want to spoil. I don't want to spoil much for yeah, anyone who hasn't seen it. That's a great movie to see. Yes, it but, is. Um, you're exactly right. Be prepared to have an existential crisis for like a few months after you watch that movie. <laughs> I feel like I haven't had I a lot smiled of smiled all the way through the ending of that lately. Ugh. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> yeah. Did you? Did, <laughs> you did. You... Okay, I, I don't know how you smiled. <laughs> I, I'll tell you why. It's it's very simple, actually. 
they're sitting there as a family, as friends, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they're making the most important thing, the most important thing finally in their lives. They're sitting there and they're smiling. They're saying, these are the people I love the most. This is how I'm choosing yeah. to spend my last waning seconds. And they're finding the joy in it, even okay. though, you know what I mean? That's why. Because for mean. me, that is, that is, you know, of course, you know, Everything but, else getting blown to smithereens is quite depressing, of course. But, but I felt like that was a beautiful, like, wait, is, is this still? Don't look, don't up. look up. Sorry, we, okay. we've, yeah. we've tangented yeah. don't look up. But I, I, I just have to say, though, I mean, I, I understand. I, I can see why you're you're seeing the beauty in that scene. Mm -hmm. But the existential crisis is just the how none of it matters. Nothing matters. Absolutely. One hundred percent. Nothing matters. And that's where the the again, if you if you. Go right. just think, just don't don't you have Which to like I shut that off. Otherwise, disagree. Uh, I, I think a I, lot actually, matters, but I just I just you Brian? know it was I was like man I'm glad they <laughs> glad they at least had this one group of people say hey let's enjoy what we got. Brian, yo, I, I'm I'm in your I'm in your ballpark. I I agree with you. I think that you know there's if you know the end is coming. You know, they, we always say, oh, this is what's when does doomsday happen? What is mm -hmm. doomsday? Mm -hmm. Doomsday is the day you are no longer alive, mm -hmm. singularly. So now you have everyone collectively. And yes, they're all right. sitting around having a nice meal together and drinking and knowing that they're with the people they love. What was hilarious was the very ending where the spacecraft after, what, 28,000 years ends up on the planet. And <laughs> And it's not a happy ending for them. Yeah, but okay. <laughs> that yes. Was, that was like the, you know, oh, the 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 elite got to away. They survived. No, you don't. You still get get your right. comeuppance in the end. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's the that's the, the existential, like, whoa, in the end for me, Adina. Uh, gotta watch it again. You got, yeah, you gotta. Well, I, 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 I definitely. It was great a movie that was that was, and I. It, it's a fantastic movie. It was done uh, so I well. Watch it again. Yeah, I can't watch yeah. it again. I saw Ex Machina, and recent leaks. I hadn't seen it before, and I was just oh like, that ending. God. That messed me up. Mm, oh, I like, don't yeah. think about oh, it that night. I yeah. know I That's... saw that, but I'm not recalling the. Oh end. my goodness! Oh. Yeah, it's like, I probably blocked about... it out. If it's if it causes you to like you know go into a deep oh. existential crisis for months, I might have blocked it out. Yeah. So <laughs> the but... robot, the robot wins in the end. Oh, it's so good. It really is. Yeah. So no, I, yeah. I know so I've seen it. Back to uh, David. Okay. okay, let's go back. Yeah, we, <laughs> we've gone on a, a lovely tangent, but yeah. we've really talked about a lot. I guess now we're going to get down to is in the concept of this film, we, we, they, we already heard the rankings. So let's go with Brian's rankings. One out of five. Where would you put this film? One out of five stars. You talking to me? You were talking to you. <laughs> yeah. You're the only uh, one here. Sorry, here, I'm this? feeling this? very ornery today. Um, oh, you, you, you've, you've got your taxi driver going on here. Okay. <laughs> we, I would say, oh, man. Okay, for what it is, I'm going to give it a four. I'm going to give it a four. You can splice between a four and a five. You can go No, I'm good with something. the four, I think. Okay. I think All it right. deserves a four. I think it's superb, especially for its day and time and how it mm -hmm. was made and what tools they had. And where they were coming from, typically, generally speaking, I think it's superb. Um, I, I give it a four. I don't think I can give it a five, but a solid, nope. grateful four for okay. a wonderful movie. Uh, Chris, where do you I was, stand? I was going to say the same thing, four, because I enjoyed it. I thought it was great for the time, but I still have some issues. And then, of course, it's just hard for me to say, because like, I, I recognize that it was from 51 but i still have issues with that so it's hard for me to mm -hmm. separate that so i'd say a four i also don't love this idea that it sounds like the way Klaatu and his people are is that they're peaceful because they're afraid of getting annihilated mm -hmm. by courts mm -hmm. which is a little bit odd can i ask one quick question sure of course were diamonds in the newer film as far as their currency mm -mm. and it was 
Okay, so I have two things that annoyed me. They didn't me cover. About they this didn't cover film. that at all. Okay. And, yeah. Two things annoyed me: the fact that that flying saucer could not make a perfect landing in the center of all the baseball diamonds, instead of along the first <laughs> baseline, and then also we never got to find out exactly how much those diamonds were worth, even though he mm -hmm. took it to other jewelers. I don't think he ever said. No one could ever tell him how much they were actually worth, mm -hmm. and that's a big loophole and a big I'm, mistake. And that I'm actually, sorry, though, that might be the singular reason why I'm giving this film a four and not a five. I feel like that also helps, though, the movie be watchable today, because if they had given a number, quoted a number in 1951, right. you know, what is this diamond worth? It would be like $10,000. You know, it'd be something ridiculous today, and okay. I think it would then right. take you out of the um, you know, take you out of the fact that, you know, what movie, what year, year fair. it was. That's fair. Bri yeah. Brian, Brian. Yeah. They did set a value on those diamonds. They did? $2. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> remember, remember, yeah. the value of something <laughs> is only that which somebody else mm -hmm. will buy it from you. That's true. And this is why a true story, this is a true story. When I was with my old precious metals company, we used to have these, these we had these guys from Europe come in and they were buying Krugerrands and gold bars and silver bars. And one day I said to them, why are you buying these? And they looked at me and they said, for the apocalypse, of course. And I went, really? He went, yeah. And I said, you know, if the apocalypse happened, you know what the most valuable thing in the world would be, buddy? He went, what? I said, a can of beans. Try eating your gold. <laughs> right. And he looked at me, and for like a split second, his belief system was destroyed. <laughs> and he, then he looked at me and said, thank you, no, I'll take my gold. And that's the last time I ever saw him. And that's just it. The value of something is only that which somebody will trade with you. So as far as Kletu was, $2 was a lot of money because it's all he needed. Mm -hmm. And a little boy... They're like, these are pretty. I'll just take them. So there's your value, $2. <laughs> That's fair. Did, did they go to the movie? Because they said they did, but they would they never said they they did. see that. Okay. I think they went to go see The Day the Earth Stood Still. I don't know. I can't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> see. It was playing at that time in the theaters. Um, yeah, the I one... Yeah, I was going to say, because you're asking about some of the differences between the, the older movie and the newer movie. One of the things that I did like what they did the new movie is they kind of... Explained his human form factor and why he was human. Uh, which, oh, and, but and again, they had it differently. So it started out. The new movie starts out where it's in like 1930 something, and there's mm -hmm. this guy who's like hiking in the Himalayas, and it's Keanu Reeves. is It's a, it's a version of Keanu Reeves, and he encounters an orb, and they basically steal a DNA sample from him. And then what comes back in present day is basically they're they're cloning a human. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like a mix of their species slash it's human. So it can exist in our environment, but mm -hmm. it's kind of like from them. And and I, I really like, I like that. I like mm -hmm. that the way they, the way they handled that, that, that to me was a key difference. But then again, they had, and then they had people on the planet. It wasn't just him. You know, Keanu Reeves right. went and found his guy who's been like, yeah, I've, I've been here for a long time. I'm not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. I'm perfectly happy. I love this place. I love these people. I'll die here, you know, mm -hmm. with them. Um, I thought that was a great, great moment. So there, there are some things in the new. I mean, I, I like both. I like the new movie. I actually mm -hmm. like the mo new movie to quite a bit too. Again. Yeah, there, there are some things about it I didn't like, but I also the the main female character, um, of, of course, because it's modern time. She's not a secretary. She's right. a scientist. And one of the cute things I liked is so she has a child who's her stepchild, and. You know, again, there's a trope of one parent is, you know, has died. Therefore, the child, you know, so the child has issues over the fact that the parent has died. But mm -hmm. in this case, both parents have died. So she's actually the child's stepmom, but the primary caregiver. And so right. that's, it's kind of starts out. And I actually, I, I really, that there's a slight different take on that, which I, mm -hmm. I like. There's a lot of things yeah. I did about the new movie that I like. I think the new movie is quite watchable too. Okay. So where would you rate oh. this one? The 1951. Where would so, you So that's this is why why is ranking so hard? <laughs> it's only because hard for you. you to, we're pinning we're, you down to something. We, Chris Chris and I ranked <laughs> rather quickly. <laughs> well, so I feel like cuz I, when we've ranked some movies before, I feel like we've also given these movies like a 4-ish, you mm -hmm. know, like mm -hmm. so I feel like, you know, we can't always like there's got to be so I think that I feel like there's something that makes us a little bit better than a 4. 
It's not a five. Make make it a point. Right. You can okay. have a point. Remember, you, you can have four point something. You know, you can work fractions. This is we're not only whole yeah. number people. We're fractional people here. Okay. Fractional people. I think it's we in are. the four point three range. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but I'm also okay. like sitting here thinking, what would I ever give a five to? A five has got to be like perfection, right? Well, I think you would give a five to the voyage home. I, I mean, yeah, I I would, yeah, that's even true. though there's that's a true. lot of flaws, but it's hard because I can recognize there's flaws in that movie, yeah. as well. You, you can go with but... you can go with four point nine 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 nine. Okay, like <laughs> okay, yeah. The day the earth stood still. I think I'm I'm in the like the four point three range. Very good. Okay, I'll we need go to like that. keep track of when we do this, like what we give movies, because yeah. I think we need to keep track. Well, but maybe when we get into talking about the top ten AFI. And how we rate that, we can get in that. Didn't they? We got I'm angry like, all over again. <laughs> okay, so since season I'm four, the moder- we'll take care of that in season four. Okay. Nice. Let's do it. Uh, since I'm the moderator on this, <laughs> I'm going to tell you that I'm giving this a 4.5. Ooh. Um, and the reason why is because I've seen this movie many, many times. And every time I watch it, I enjoy watching it again. Hmm. I've only seen the 2008 film one, so maybe I need to give it another shot. Um, I know maybe because it was Keanu Reeves, all I kept thinking is I'm th- seeing Neo or, or mm-hmm. what's the other, yeah. his, the John violent, jo- thank you, John, which Wick is awesome, character. by the way, yeah. and he's very, he's very, <laughs> you know, know, in this, he's kind of like, he, he's not super, emo- of course he's not emotional, you know, he's but, very stoic. Right. It? But if you, I think if you watch it through the lens of what is the message or what's going on and all mm-hmm. the things that they're doing. Yeah, if, if you just focus on this is a Keanu Reeves movie and how is Keanu Reeves, no, then it's not a good movie. But if you focus on the whole story right, right. and how they took the 1951 story and made it modern and all the, the nuances, mm-hmm. then I think it's a very interesting and and yeah. movie and it's worth watching. I agree. I agree. So, mm-hmm. so um, yeah, well, I think okay. we have uh, discussed this out as far as we can go. And with that, I'm going to close by saying, as always, thank you to my fellow podcasters for their thoughts on this significant sci-fi film. Being that it came out in the 1950s when the Red Scare was on the minds of all Americans, did we learn anything from it? I sure hope so. We're still under the umbrella of a nuclear winter, and maybe, just maybe the day will come when that fear is no longer present. But for now, let me thank you, as always, uh, we do to our listeners and uh, to our other, you know, to, yeah, I can't talk. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this podcast and our other podcasts as well. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or wherever fine podcasts are available. If you wish to contact us, please do so at the big sci fi podcast at gmail.com. And please mark down in your calendar Trek Long Island happening on May the 20th and the 21st. We'll be there and we Look forward to meeting you as well, our loyal listeners. And I close, as I always do, with these words from the thing from another world. Look to the skies. Live long and prosper, my friends.